0: Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Welcome to week number three of No Church in the Building. Let's talk about that for a moment. We are living history right now. Think about this. In the 48-year history of our church, we have never had to cancel church three weeks in a row. It's never happened before this week. Often during a crisis, people turn to the church to gather, to pray, to sing, to cry, to find encouragement from God's word and from each other. We haven't been able to do that. Yet, we have. All of the technology and devices that sometimes can be distracting for us are the very things keeping us connected to each other and helping us stay focused on God's love. Church, listen, we're going to make it, okay? We're going to make it. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. These are our church-wide life verses We claim them as our own in January and have worked to memorize these words and weave them into what we discuss. If you are brand new to Valley Point or watching for the first time, you get a pass on this next part. I want to invite everyone who has worked at memorizing these words to say it with me. Ready? Wherever you are, let's give it a shot. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. The encouragement is to be a bright light for everyone, right? Be a bright light for everyone. We've taken two weeks now to break that down even further by saying, think about one Who's the one person that could benefit from your love and your kindness and your love for Jesus? Who's the one? Here's our big idea for today. Take some good notes now, okay? Big idea. Living the story of Jesus means praying and clearly communicating. Living the story of Jesus means praying and clearly communicating. Praying and Communicating are the key words here. All right, to get us started, I want to share two quotes. Quote number one, your community needs you to be selfless. That is a really appropriate thought right now. Your community needs you, needs us to be selfless. So many of you are pursuing that kind of life even in the midst of sheltering in place. And it's beautiful. Thank you. Here's quote number two. The first Christians gained converts, not because their arguments were better than those of the pagans, but because people saw in them and their communities something good and beautiful, and they wanted it. These quotes speak to selflessness and actions that reflect the kind of life Jesus lived. Okay, please take your Bible or device and find Colossians chapter 4. Colossians is a New Testament book right after Philippians, which we just studied together. And right before Philemon, Colossians, written by the Apostle Paul. Most scholars believe he wrote this letter in 60 or 61 AD. Colossians is a letter written by Paul to God's holy people living in the city of Colossae. When we get to chapter 4 in the book of Colossians, we find these words. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. And then verse 5 says this, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious And that word gracious has the idea of pleasantness or kindness. Let your conversation be gracious or pleasant or kind and attractive. This word has the idea of seasoned or salt. Salt was a flavoring and a preserving agent. Thus, Paul is probably referring to speech that is something which would make sense to outsiders. And is attractive and relevant to them. So we're talking about pleasant speech here. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive. So that you will have the right response for everyone. Okay, from the text. Let's build a flow of thought. The text starts by saying, Devote yourselves. Sounds good, but... Devote to what? Well, here's devote number one, to prayer. Prayer is mentioned three times in three verses. That's something to pay attention to. Then we're actually told how to pray. We are told to pray for opportunities. I think the natural question is, pray for opportunities to do what? Well, we are encouraged to pray for opportunities to proclaim the message with clarity and do this with an alert mind and thankful heart. So prayer is the first devote to that comes from the flow of thought. Here's devote number two. Live wisely and make the most of every opportunity. The flow then points to our conversations and how they should be gracious and attractive. I think this is pretty clear, right? Devote yourself to prayer and living wisely with conversations that are gracious and attractive. So let's think about that a little bit. As you think about your one, do you pray for them regularly? At some point, we're going to have a theme on prayer I sense that is something that would benefit all of us. What is prayer? Why pray? How do you pray? Prayer is this completely underutilized tool available to us where we get the chance to talk to God. And God invites us to come before him. He invites us to talk. Imagine. And get this, he even gives us models for praying like the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We pray that here at Valley Point, and it's beautiful. Beyond reciting these words, I think there is a model presented for how to approach God. Hallowed be thy name. When we pray, begin with praising God and thanking God. Be in awe of him because he's great. And then give us this day, our daily bread. Wow, this is our chance to tell God what we need, our daily bread. I think we sometimes assume that God may not want to hear about those things from me because he's really busy solving big problems. World events, COVID-19, poverty, and so on and so forth. Yet, we read things like this from Matthew chapter 6. Just beautiful, affirming words that say this. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all of these things. All of that to say this, I think God would be incredibly pleased with us if we stepped into his presence with a father, here's what I need. My friend, my family member, my coworker, my teammate. I want them to begin a faith journey. I want them to discover what I have found in Jesus. I want them to consider the claims of Christ. Would you give me opportunities? God's going to be okay with that. He really is. Not to mention saying, Father, here's what else I need. My health, my family's protection and health, this virus, the world. Do we pray that way, though? Maybe we are now. And perhaps that's a positive that comes out of walking through fighting a pandemic. God, we really need you. In our text, Paul, the author, is asking people to pray for him. But I think it's okay to pray for ourselves this way and for others. By the way, Valley Point, I want you to know something. I've added this to my prayer list for you, for us. Give us opportunities To clearly communicate. Which, let's talk about that part. Clearly communicate. Talking about Jesus, that's hard, isn't it? Religion, it's one of the things you're not really supposed to talk about, right? But in the context of relationships, it can happen. Think about that. In the context of relationships, it can happen but we need some help. Here are two conversations I have found to be helpful. The first conversation is what I call do versus done. When I get the chance to sit down with people who are thinking and searching and considering the claims of Christ. Often I'll ask, can I share with you the difference between religion and a relationship with God? And often people are okay with hearing a little bit about that kind of difference. So I'll begin the process of saying, religion is all about the word do. Here's what you have to do to earn the favor of God. Here are all of the steps that you have to take or all of the things that you need to implement and do in your life in order to earn the favor of God and have him smile at you. Here's what you need to do. Religion's really good about talking about what we have to do to earn the favor of God. The challenge is, when do we know if we have ever done enough to earn the favor of God? When do we know? And that's somewhat problematic for those who are on the due path, hoping to do enough somehow to have God smile at them. I then talk about this word, done. And here's what a relationship with Jesus means. It means trusting in what he has done for us without adding anything to that. Through his life and death and burial and resurrection, Jesus paid the price for our sins. He has done for us what we never could have accomplished on our own. And when we trust in that alone, we are assured of a forever friendship with God and a home in heaven. Do versus done. Religion is all about do. Here's all the stuff you have to do, but how do you know if it's enough? A friendship with Jesus is about trusting in what he has done for us. Do versus done. Does that make sense to you? And often that conversation helps people think a little bit about the difference between religion and a relationship with Jesus. Do versus done. I use this all of the time, and I really enjoy talking to people about faith and about trusting in Jesus with these two simple words that I think are gracious. Here's another way that I approach this. Some of the most famous words in Scripture are found in John 3.16 that say this, this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So what I do with that verse, that many people know of the words that are found in John 3:16. I take four words from verse 16, four key words that really provide a flow for having A Faith Conversation. Loved. Gave. Believe. And have. Four words that fall right out of John 3.16 that provide for us A template and a way to have gracious, faith-filled conversations. You know what? God loved you so much. Here's what he did. He gave his only son. And when we believe in him, we will have eternal life. We will have a forever friendship with God. Loved, gave, believe, and have. Does that make sense to you? And this is just another way to have a gracious conversation with people. Let's get to our takeaways now. The first takeaway is, it's okay to talk about your faith. I think it's especially okay when it has been soaked in prayer. And I think the reality is, as we engage with our friends, great self-awareness, will lead to self-regulation, and we'll know if we need to stop. That's all part of gracious and attractive conversation. Things are changing all around us right now, aren't they? Life is being reordered in a lot of different ways. I do believe people, for a time period, are going to be a little more open to faith conversations. I think that's going to happen. Are we ready to engage, though, and help people think about God and his love? Here's the second takeaway. Practice winsome love. I borrowed this phrase from scholar and author Ed Stetzer. What's winsome love? Well, winsome love is the kind of love where words and actions match. That's what it means. Stetzer says it this way, "'When we claim to have the love of Christ "'but don't show it to others through our actions and words, "'we demonstrate that we have not been truly gripped by grace "'and our own desperate need of it. "'Our lack of love is theological to the core, "'and this denial of the gospel by our actions "'damages our witness and the witness of Jesus in the world.'" Winsome love looks like this. It's empathetic. It's humble. It's image bearing. People who believe and practice winsome love perceive and value all human beings, even those who hate them, as image bearers who are entitled to intrinsic worth and dignity. Winsome love. It's sacrificial. One final takeaway compassionate prayer. I love 1 p.m. I love 1 p.m. And here's what that means. On Monday through Friday of this week, I want all of us to pause at 1 p.m. and take one minute to pray for our one. It's an I love 1 p.m. campaign. I believe we all can do this. Who's the one person in your life that could benefit from the love of Jesus? Who's the one person you want to invite to watch Valley Point Online? Who's your one that could benefit from a gracious conversation? Monday through Friday, set an alarm on your phone to pause for one minute at 1 p.m. to pray for your one. And please watch our social media channels as we give reminders Throughout the week, about our 1 p.m. campaign. We do this, we do this, because living the story of Jesus means praying and clearly communicating. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this time to think about how we need to be praying and clearly communicating. God, would you help us to do this? Give us a passion in more intentional ways to be praying and communicating your love to others. God, start that in me. Help me to be much more consistent in praying for my one and clearly communicating. And God, I pray that for our whole church of all ages. God, help us to really pursue this week praying at one o'clock for one minute for our one. Help us to engage in this and may it ignite in us a desire to look at people the way you want us to look at them with deep, deep love. God, help us to engage this week. And God, I pray for Valley Point Church. I pray for our surrounding communities. I pray for our country and the world right now as we battle this pandemic. God, please keep us safe and healthy. And in the midst of this, help us all to put eyes on you. Eyes on you. And just as we read in Matthew chapter 6, you care for the birds of the air and the flowers in the field, you care for them. You also care more for us. So help us to rest in that and place eyes on you and trust in you no matter what comes our way. Give us a great week of living out this big idea. We do pray now in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home, I would like to make a donation please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com Be blessed.